Hi, Sunshine. I'm Natasha, your host for the Shine Online podcast and the founder of Soul Studio. In this conversational podcast, I interview the brightest entrepreneurs I know with the goal of empowering you to do business in a way that feels real to you. These conversations will bring you no-fluff advice, honest discussions, and actionable strategies to help you shine online. There are so many bright brands in the online world, but there's always room for one more. Let's shine together. Today's episode is actually brought to you by my newsletter. And this is where I send weekly tips, my favorite tools, and tons of little nuggets of information around marketing, business, and of course, Instagram directly to your inbox. It's literally like a sunshine-filled party in your inbox every week. And I would love to have you part of it. So be sure to check out the link just to subscribe and join my newsletter, which is linked in the show notes. But let's get right into today's interview. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Today, we have one of our most loved guests from season one, back in action for season two, my friend Barry. So thank you for being back on the show. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to talk about like the juice, everything we talk about. Oh, yeah. And I want to preface if you have no clue what cycle syncing is, if you have no idea about the phases of your period, I definitely recommend listening to that first episode that we did with Barry. We're going to link the details in the show notes. So listen to that first, do your homework, then hop back into this one. Because today we're kind of going like periods and cycle syncing and birth control 2.0. We're diving in real deep. So Barry, if anyone doesn't know you, introduce yourself and a little bit about what you do. Oh gosh. Hi friends. Okay. So I'm Barry. I am a menstrual health educator and integrative health practitioner, as well as the founder of the Flow Academy. And I teach modern women really how to have perfect periods in sync with their monthly cycle. Um, And basically you can call me a period whisperer at this point. Basically anything you need to know about your period, I got you covered. So yeah. Yes. Uh, And you are such an expert and definitely the expert I go to for my cycle syncing because that was definitely like the theme of like my 2019 and my 2020 was like getting off the birth control and figuring out an actual flow. And I feel like now as we record this, I'm like, I feel like I've got it down pat, which is really exciting. So hopefully we can help some other gals have that same experience. For sure. So let's talk about stress as a business owner? Because this is one thing that whenever I'm like, Barry, I'm not feeling good. Barry, something's wrong. (laughs) And you're like, how stressed are you? That's like one of the first questions you always ask me. And I never really, like, I think a lot of people don't think about how stress actually physically affects your body. So do you want to kind of talk a little bit about like stress and your cycle? For sure. Okay. So the one thing you want to know and understand is cortisol is your a stress hormone. She's really the HBIC. Like she is calling all of the shots and 
in the menstrual health space, we have this idea called hormonal hierarchy. And these are essentially nine key hormones at play throughout your cycle, but also that govern everything else in the body. And at the top of our hierarchy, which again, is just a simplified way to understand what's going on, is cortisol. Cortisol and insulin specifically are impacting everything that we do. So let's just go ahead and set the scene. You're a high stress person. You are stressed out about your next launch. Okay. Well, how is that impacting your body? It's causing more inflammation in your body. It's causing more water retention in the body. And it's causing you to be in a constant fight or flight state. When you are in this fight or flight state, your body will begin to shut down regular functioning. So for instance, you're stressed out, but also you are maybe family planning and you're ready to conceive. Well, your body will say, hey, you're super stressed out and you don't even have the ability to conceive because you're so stressed out. This isn't a good environment for us to conceive in. So we're going to stop the release of the egg from the ovaries. We're going to prolong it. So When you are ultimately stressed out, your body begins to shut down regulatory functions that it'll say, this is kind of optional. And while having your menstrual cycle, in my opinion, is not really an optional, it's like a must-have thing, you know, having that period is a non-negotiable, your body begins to say, how can I preserve my resources? How can I make sure that we can like flee any situation and stay alive if we need to? So again, that's kind of how stress impacts your cycle by like saying, I'm calling the shots and I'm going to start shutting things down because I want to live. Oh yeah. And that totally makes a lot of sense, especially when you're thinking about like really burning out and how that affects your body long-term. So how does that kind of affect like the burnout symptoms that people might be feeling, whether it's like mentally or if it's actually physically in their body? Well, I think one of the things that it does is it amplifies these burnout symptoms. Mm -hmm. Like we all know that too well in the sense of like, you might find yourself not being able to think straight, right? Mental clarity, brain fog, we've all been there. Well, when you're super stressed out, your body can't actually send the right chemical responses to your brain to actually be able to create because your cortisol levels are so high. And a lot of people don't realize your menstrual cycle starts in your brain. And so when you're actually stressed out, your adrenals are overworking and it's starting to shut down, again, communication to the rest of your body that's actually necessary. Does that kind of answer the question? Oh yeah, totally makes sense. I feel like one of the biggest things I've learned about just like getting in sync with my cycle is kind of like retraining our bodies to accept more rest. Because Mm -hmm. if you're in corporate America or you're a really busy person or you were an athlete or you were, you know, doing all the things, like whatever that looks like, we're kind of so used to like, well, if you're on your period or you're PMSing or you're on these different parts of your cycle, you just push through it and you'll get through it and it'll be fine. But that kind of adds more stress to your body. So like, how can we start to retrain our our bodies, but also just like our own (laughs) thought processes and how we plan things to accept more rest into our days? Because I think it's something really hard for people to kind of like flip the switch with. Everybody can have a seat. Like, you know how I am. Have a seat, take it up. So one of the first things you have to realize is your menstrual cycle is kind of something that you've known about for, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm assuming you've known about it for at least a solid five years, right? Right. Like we've known about our periods for long enough now that 
we can almost anticipate that I will not perform as high when my period is coming and that's okay. To not be on but still be productive and effective is 100% okay. So I love to say, first of all, give yourself that space and the permission to bleed and be. Do not feel like you have to answer everyone. And if you do, it can be a one-liner. That's okay because ultimately your health and wellness is at the forefront of everything you do. You are the center of attention. I know it's kind of crazy to hear someone say that, but ultimately you matter and then everybody else. So one, that acceptance. Number two, anticipation. So I love to tell people kind of get a feel for when your period will be or when you notice that it's coming. Maybe it shows up on the fourth Saturday of every month or maybe it shows up on the first Monday of every month. Because you know that, you then want to look at your calendar and say, okay, let me scale back my energy the day before my period, the first day of my period, and the second day of my period to give yourself again that space to really breathe and bleed and be. I mean, just scale it back. You don't have to show up 100% those days. You actually need to sit with yourself so that again, you're not creating an environment that is stressing your body out and overwhelming you because we want the body to be able to release. So those are the two places I would really like kind of start. Definitely. And I think it comes a lot with practice because one of the big reasons why I started kind of really noting my cycle and something that me and Barry talk about all the time is my (laughs) migraines. And I get migraines for a lot of reasons, but I've overarchingly found that it definitely has to do when I'm on my period during that time. And I always found if I'm like, oh, but I have an exciting project and oh, I want to work on this. And like, if I really am like pushing through on my actual period days, you know, like you mentioned the day before, the the first and second day, like if I'm pushing through those, I almost always push on a migraine or I get really exhausted and I don't feel well. And it's like, I probably am not even doing that great of output where it's even worth my time to push through it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And this is like a treat for you. I've been doing a lot of research about migraines. Like I have been doing so much research because menstrual migraines are very real, especially if you stare at a computer like all day, like a migraine in general, right? But like menstruation in it is just a whole different thing. But a lot of that is associated with the dip in your estrogen levels that happens right before your period. So one of the easiest ways to kind of like manage, if you will, aside from taking the time to be with yourself, is to really increase your dietary fats. We're going to increase those omega-3s as well as those omega-6s. I want you to increase your vitamin E and get some uh, flax seeds in there and maybe some magnesium. And like, again, sit with yourself, be with yourself, but also increasing your vitamin E's and your dietary fats. Oh, yes. That is so, so good. And that's actually a lot of the tips that I've been noting that I've learned from you and just from all the amazing resources you share. And I just got off my cycle, so I can kind of remember a few things that I did to really help prevent any migraines. And definitely day and night, raspberry leaf tea. We love her work. Yes. Um, You put me on the lemon balm and that definitely helps because I feel like I'm always so tired on my period, but I can't sleep. Is that that like something that's just me or does it depend on the person like sleep when you're on your period? 
No. So it's pretty normal. Insomnia, when it comes to your period, is pretty normal because your body temperature is a lot higher and it's like kind of uncomfortable to sleep when you're hot. I mean, like we all toss and turn, but again, that's also associated with your estrogen levels too. So it kind of like fluctuates. Estrogens is like anomaly of a hormone where it slides on a scale in my opinion. Sometimes, you know, it might just be like, oh, I have insomnia today. Other times it's like I have insomnia and a migraine and I'm just irritable. So it really is going to depend, but yeah, that's a little bit on insomnia. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. And I definitely have seen a big difference with the dietary facts. Like you mentioned, I take magnesium, which definitely I think has contributed to reducing my migraines. But I've also found like I've been like freezing avocados. I don't know if that's like a weird thing, but I've been freezing avocados to have just in case I need like a smoothie really quick or something like that, where I feel like if I don't have like an avocado or hemp seeds or flax seeds, whenever I'm like adding a little bit more snacks during my period, I definitely feel it energy wise. Cause I know you've kind of shared that you definitely want to like increase your calorie intake and your water intake when you're in your cycle. Right. Yes, because there is a metabolic change that happens about halfway through your metabolism actually increases. So I don't think I shared this on the last episode and I don't even know if I put this on my podcast. So here's the juice. Okay. So about halfway through your cycle, your metabolism increases, but also what happens is your energy levels change based off of your immune system. So your immune system actually decreases halfway through your cycle to redirect energy to that reproductive system, which is why you might notice an increase in one energy, but to your metabolism. But you also might notice like, hey, there's some symptoms popping up that I'm not really used to happening. It's because your body is redirecting its energy to support a potentially viable pregnancy. Mm, That is so interesting, but totally makes sense. Like all the shifts your body is making, it's really to, you know, make its achieved goal, whether it's conceiving or getting rid of what was not conceived essentially and, you know, having your period. So I think that totally makes sense. And I feel like that perfectly segues into the Q&A portion So I asked my audience, what do you guys want us to dive into? Me as just my personal experience and Barry as the expert. So are you ready? Let's get it. (laughs) Let's do it. Okay. So the first one is she said she's already tracking her cycles, which is awesome. And she basically said, I'm still kind of confused on like what tasks are best suited during different parts of your cycle. So maybe you can even use your business as an example, or kind of give us some like tangible examples of kind of different tasks that work well in different parts of your cycle. Yeah. So this is like also the perfect time to plug that first episode that we did together because we get into like the very specific aspects of this. But when you are on your period, the only thing you really want to do is ideation related things and brainstorming. You can even go into like major like home edit organization mode during this (laughs) phase of your cycle because this is when there's 25% more connectivity between the right and left hemispheres of your brain. So you really do want to take that time to create, 
but not necessarily take action on the idea. You just want to have the idea. Maybe you want to do some new recipes, do things that are pretty low key and low energy and allow your body to physically release what's no longer like serving it. And like also during this time, this is a good time to figure out what's energetically going on and emotionally going on that's no longer serving you. I always say like, on the business and ideation, and that's what we want to focus on. But on the like real life, like personal side of things and focusing on you, this is when you're going to release and really maybe even restore and think about things a little differently. Um, during the second phase of your cycle, in the follicular phase, this is creation and strategic planning. I've said this, I'm going to say it again. Don't do anything besides detail-oriented stuff. So like if you're somebody who's super type A and you love a good label maker moment, this is a time to be with that label maker. I don't care how you're doing it. Just be with it. If you're somebody who plans a lot of different things in terms of like launching programs and courses, or maybe you have your own podcast, this is a time to think about like the specifics of your editorial calendar, your launch plan, and things like this. During that third phase of your cycle, ovulation, the only thing you're going to do is execute, get it done, but also communication and negotiation. So there's a surge in your estrogen as well as your testosterone, as well as another hormone called the luteinizing hormone. Listen, get it done. If you want to do that 15 hour day, you go Glenn Coco, you do that. Okay. Because all we're going to do is doing during this phase. This is that action side of things. And then that fourth and final phase of your cycle, we're going to take the energy down again. We're going to go within and we're going to do a lot of relaxing and a lot of reflecting. A lot of us have a tendency to just power through this phase. Nope keep still for seven to 10 days and just be with yourself and allow your body to kind of slow down. Notice like, oh, hey, maybe this isn't serving me anymore in terms of maybe um, a piece of content you've created or a course inside of whatever you're doing. Just kind of be with yourself. Now, this is also a really good time for meditation, great time for breath work, and again, just slowing down altogether. Yes, that is so good. And I love how you mentioned that with the PMS stage, because I started to realize that there was definitely like a day, an exact week out for when I started my period, that my mental health just completely dips. And I'm like, well, my energy isn't completely low. You know, I'm not on my period yet. Let me try and get all these things done. But I find if anything, that is like one of the most important stages to really start like checking in, reflecting, like you mentioned. So I love that you gave those tips. And one kind of piggyback question we got was how do I minimize the fog that happens, you know, during my actual period as a creative? But I think if anything, it maybe means not to kind of create during that time of your period, correct? Correct. You're going to slow all the way down. Anytime before your period, all you need to do is slow down. Like literally, I always say, give yourself about 10 days on your calendar where you're okay moving a little bit slower. Mm -hmm. And then about four days before your period starts, don't try to force any type of new creation. And we all deal with these feelings of like not feeling as amazing as we want to because there is a dip in your estrogen, which also means there's a dip in your serotonin levels. So you might deal with maybe imposter syndrome or maybe get heightened anxiety, might feel a little depressed. It's okay. Your serotonin levels are a little bit lower. So observe that time as like, hey, maybe I'm going to celebrate my little wins and give my 
myself a dopamine hit of chocolate or something just a little that can make you feel really good. This is my favorite time to practice self-care personally. Like I make sure I go get my nails done during this phase. I make sure I'm doing a nice face mask, get a massage and really give myself that tender love and care because this is also the time where I know I'm hardest on myself. And if you're an entrepreneur, I know you're hardest on yourself during this time because you're not performing, you're not doing. So it's like, well, if I'm not doing like, what am I like? I don't understand how to right. wait. What? So sit with yourself. And then I would say probably day two or three of your period, when that creative energy hits, then you write down all of those ideas that are coming through. Yeah, that is so, so good. And I love how you mentioned, you know, that's your like self-care time. Cause I definitely notice like if I like intentionally schedule like a massage or maybe a slower day where I want to take a half day, it really does make a big difference. So you're kind of making that shift because I think we all have to really understand that it's natural and okay to feel all those ebbs and flows. And instead of like fighting them, to really just honor them um, when you're in those. So I love those tips. I feel like it's time to talk about, I guess we'll, we'll talk about irregular cycles first because someone asked, well, this is actually a very common question of how can I cycle sync if my cycles are irregular? So I guess we can talk partially about irregular cycles and partially about just like fluctuations in their cycles in general. For sure. So the first thing I would say is get really, really familiar with body literacy and your body. A lot of us are afraid of our bodies for some reason, but what I'm about to say is going to encourage you to explore your body and like kind of what's going on a little more. So the first thing is start tracking your basal body temperature. Take your temperature every single morning because halfway through your cycle, your body temperature will actually increase. And generally when there's this increase, that means that you are ovulating. And so what you'll start to notice if you have an irregular cycle, and if you have a regular cycle, even at that, is there's going to be patterns and you'll start to notice like, okay, maybe every three weeks or maybe every 21 days, there's this increase in my temperature. That increase is an indication of you ovulating. So that's the first thing you want to do. The second thing you want to do is check your panties. Okay. We're going to check our <laughs> panties for cervical mucus or cervical fluid as we like to call it and cervix placement. So first with the cervical mucus, like, listen, I know not everybody is wearing panties to bed and like, that's okay. You just got to let your body like breathe a little bit. Mm -hmm. But the morning you wake up, you are going to like wipe. When you wipe, you want to look for liquid that's coming from your body that might look like egg whites. If it looks like egg whites, or if you check your panties and it looks like egg whites, then you are ovulating. If it looks completely different than that, so let's say for instance, it kind of looks um, more like lotion, you are not ovulating. So again, we are looking for a difference in the consistency of our cervical mucus. If it looks like egg whites, then hey sis, you're ovulating. And it, it kind of maybe even looks like coconut oil to some people. It'll be more of that um, ovulatory mucus. But if it looks more like, I don't know, chunky 
almost, I don't like to say snotty because like, (laughs) but like, that's what it is, right? If it's more (laughs) opaque in its coloration, then you are not ovulating. If you, if it's translucent, then you are ovulating. Um, And then the last thing you're going to do is check your cervix placement. Now, this is like for those of you who really do want to explore your body. I don't check my cervix placement every day because I know what I'm doing at this point. But for those of you who are like, listen to this, I don't know where I'm at. You're actually going to take your finger and you're going to insert it into your vaginal canal. If it feels like the top of your nose, okay, then that means you are not ovulating. But if it feels like the top of your lip, like where your cupid's bow is, that means you are ovulating. We are doing something called show. So if it's soft, high, open, and wet, and it feels like the top of your lip, that means you're ovulating. But if it's not like that, it means you're not ovulating. And uh, the main reason we're focusing on ovulation is because it is the main event of the menstrual cycle. And if you're ovulating, it's pretty safe to say that, you know, one, you will have a regular cycle pretty soon, but you just want to know where this is because you can count 14 days past and know that's generally when your period should have been. And you can count 14 days ahead or 10 to 14, I should say. And that is when your next period should be. So these are dates that you can just mark into your calendar. Oh, that is so incredibly helpful. I didn't even know about your cervical placement and all that. So that is very interesting. Some homework to (laughs) do, some exploring. But what about the irregular part? Like if someone is getting irregular periods, like is there such thing as an irregular period? Like are fluctuations kind of natural and normal? Like what does that kind of look like? Yeah. So if you have an irregular period, we want to get you a regular cycle altogether. So you're going to use the method I just shared, basal body temperature, cervical mucus, and cervix placement to help you regulate your body. Knowing these things is going to help you naturally find your rhythm of slowing down when you need to, managing your stress the way you need to, because it's hard to sink in with your cycle if you don't know when you're even supposed to have a period, right? So we're going to act like you have a period. Even if your period is like 45 days apart, we're going to still act like your period is maybe only 28 days apart and we're going to slow your body down and get it back into its natural rhythm. In addition to this, you are going to look at your lifestyle and do an assessment because I can guarantee you if you have an irregular cycle, nine times out of 10, it's because of one cortisol being too high or estrogen and progesterone levels being too low. So that being said, you are going to put in on your calendar. I should have a period this time. I should have a period that time. Don't worry about when it actually happens because it takes about 90 days for a follicle to fully develop and mature. Give yourself a 90 day window of saying like, okay, well, this period showed up here, or I didn't have a period here, or I can slow down here. And you really have to adjust your window. Again, we're going to do a sliding scale of understanding, okay, I'm going to give myself grace for Q1 and I'm going to see what my body does. I'm going to look at these patterns. I'm going to look at these different things. And from there, I'm going to nourish my body accordingly. Because if I'm nourishing my body accordingly, that means not too long after I should get back into a regular state. 
Yes, totally makes a ton of sense. And I feel like that ties into another question and something that I definitely experienced was like going off birth control after being on it for a long time. And how do you eventually kind of regulate your body? And I found that just like from my personal experience that the first thing is just like time, which is kind of Mm -hmm. an annoying thing. But I think after I gave myself like a solid like six to nine months, I really started to like realize that the storm was ending, things are getting a little bit more normal. And instead of just like reactively, like going back on the pill or, you know, doing all these things, I just tried to nourish my body and beyond the pill, a book that we both really like and enjoy definitely gives some great tips there. And that was when I was very strictly like dairy free, gluten free, um, and using a lot of the like supplements and tips. And I kind of like slowly have like still used a lot of those things. But that was kind of when I was like really gung ho for sticking with it. And I definitely think that helps. But I would love to kind of hear some tips that you have just like getting off birth control and like what people can expect. For sure. So the first thing I'm going to say is I'm not trying to hurt anyone's feelings. I'm just a very straight shooting person, guys. So like I say this with love, okay? I am like one of those people who's just going to give it to you straight. The first thing you need to do is one, understand how your birth control is impacting your body. There's a lot of people who use birth control as this magic pill. It's not. Newsflash, I don't care what anybody's telling you, it's not a magic pill. Mm -hmm. It is a Band-Aid. So we want to know and understand that. The second thing you want to do is slowly transition your flow. I literally created a course called Transition Your Flow for this specific reason because people want to just get off of it cold turkey Mm -hmm. and like... I love that concept. I really do think it's a great idea. Don't do it. Okay. Like, yep. Do That's not exactly just- what I did too. I slowly was like starting to make those lifestyle changes and then eventually went off the pill. Cause yeah, if I would have went off it completely, it would have been crazy. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I did it. Like I'm, I think I have been off birth control. Ooh, I'm going on eight years of being off of birth control. And listen, I just went off cold Turkey. I was like, I don't want this in my body anymore. Done. And I'm very grateful that I didn't deal with post-birth control symptoms, or I should say post-birth control syndrome, which about 15% of menstruators do deal with if they are on hormonal birth control. But what you want to do is, one, begin to educate yourself about the natural rhythms of your body. Get very familiar with your menstrual cycle, like listening to this podcast, listening to the first episode. Great places to start. The second thing you're going to do is you're going to begin supplementing with a multivitamin. Now, I don't recommend all multivitamins to everybody, but birth control specifically depletes nine essential nutrients that your body needs. And so I love to suggest a multivitamin to kind of replace the nutrients that birth control depletes the body of. Because the way birth control works is it stops the communication between your brain and your ovaries. If your brain's not communicating with your ovaries, then you're not ovulating. If you're not ovulating, you're not menstruating. And thus, why birth control works. So we want to actually reverse some of the things that birth control is doing, like depleting your body of nutrients. So I recommend a multivitamin called over moon. It is a menstrual multivitamin specifically for balancing your hormones and actually supporting what your body is depleted of. Okay. The third thing you are going to do is either get beyond the pill, the book, or enroll in my course, Transition Your Flow, because it literally walks you through getting off of the pill. Okay. Like it doesn't matter if you're on the pill, you've got the shot, you've got an implant, you've got an IUD. 
whatever it is, you want to transition based off of people who have actually done it and have an actual game plan for you. Because what we don't want is for you to get off the pill and then get back on the pill. Mm -hmm. Ain't nobody trying to go through those mood swings. Yes, you might deal with like a change in your mood a little bit. It's natural because your body has to recalibrate. But like hormonal acne, for instance, I've had so many people say like, I just got off the pill. My hormonal acne came back with a vengeance. Like I said, birth control is a band-aid to a much larger issue of foot. So let's say, for instance, you got on hormonal birth control to help you with your skin. It's going to come back because the problem was never solved in the first place. So these are things you want to know and understand. And there's tons of resources already out there where we teach you like kind of how to circumvent it but also tell you, hey, give yourself space. And before I go off on a tangent any further, I want to make sure you guys know, give yourself about four to six months of time to transition. If your period does not come back within four to six months, you do need to speak with your doctor. You do need to say, hey, you know, my body is not regulating itself. What can we do about this? Now, there's a chance your doctor might be like, get back on the pill. This is where you tell your doctor, Mm-mm, no boo. I know the pill is not regulating my hormones. It doesn't make sense because of the science. So what else can we do? Um, but that's, I just kind of wanted to put that in there because a lot of people think, hey, my body's going to go back to normal in 30 days. No, it's actually not. It will take about 90 days because it will take about 90 days for a follicle to actually get matured. And if you don't know what a follicle is, it's basically the thing that the egg gets released from. Right. Oh yeah. So many good tips there. Give your body time and definitely like binge all the resources. Go check out Barry's courses and all the resources she has because the more knowledge you really have about it, it also does kind of help you stay motivated to really make that change. And I think it's pretty obvious me and Barry are pro not being on the pill or any other type of birth control method. We are not saying that is the best route for you, but we both have seen the amazing changes and Mm -hmm. also know how not so great birth control can actually be. And that actually brings us to another question of someone where they're like, my period was fine. I didn't go on birth control because of any issues. I went on it for contraceptives. So what does that look like if you're not on birth control? Okay, friends. So there is this like the greatest birth control method that no one ever taught you about is called the fertility awareness method. This is where you are tracking ovulation so you can prevent pregnancy. This is actually also what I suggest people use if you do have an irregular cycle. FAM is literally what we just went over. Basal body temperature, cervical mucus, and cervix placement. Now listen, I know some of you guys are like, listen, that's not it. That's not the vibe. It is the vibe. Body literacy and getting really comfortable understanding, okay, I can actually have sex and not get pregnant because newsflash, you can't get pregnant all month long. I know. Mm -hmm. I know. They told you you could. They lied. Okay. (laughs) Like they really did. So I want to go ahead and like just break this down a little deeper because I know this might be the first time some of you are hearing this. So you ready? We're ready. I got my tea. Let's get it. Okay. So (laughs) ovulation only happens for 24 to maybe 36 hours. Okay. So what this means is you are actually only fertile for that. But 
if you are having unprotected sex and let's say there is sperm that makes its way to your fallopian tubes, it can live in there for up to five to seven days. What this means is there is about a good 14 days out of the month where you could potentially conceive if you are having unprotected sex and if you don't know how your body is actually working in terms of ovulation. So what I always suggest is first wrap it up, okay? Especially when you're ovulating and you're doing a natural birth control method. I I know people think like the pull-out method, all that. No, just wear a condom. It's okay. Like I promise you, I'm sure sex will still be great, okay? Yeah. (laughs) The second thing you want to be mindful of is your cervical mucus and your basal body temperature. If you know you are ovulating, do not have unprotected sex. It is really that simple. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not going to beat around the bush with this one. But also know that, let's say, for instance, maybe your day you ovulate is, let's say it's day 14 of your cycle, but you have unprotected sex on day 12. There is still a chance that that egg can be fertilized because, again, sperm can live in the fallopian tubes for up to seven days. So I would say day 10 of your cycle to get arguably day 21 of your cycle, make sure you're using protection. And that's that. Do you want me to get into the specifics of like the temperature and stuff? Yeah, I would love to hear more about the basal body temperature because you know that I love the app and I kind of just, you know, also look at, you know, any of my fluids, those types of things. But I'm kind of curious about the temperature aspect and how that plays a role. Okay, so let me just take a note on the app really quick. I love apps, okay? I recommend Apple Health app. I also recommend the Clue app, which I know you are using, right, Natasha? You didn't change, did you? Yes, yeah, still use Clue, love it. Okay, so after you ovulate, your basal body temperature goes up from about 97 to 99 degrees Fahrenheit. So this is how you know when you have ovulated. Most people's resting uh, basal body temperature is anywhere from 96 to about 98 degrees Fahrenheit. So this is your typical temperature before you ovulate. Once you ovulate, again, it's going to go up from 97 to about 99 degrees Fahrenheit. For those of you in Celsius, I cannot help you, okay? (laughs) So (laughs) I'm just going to be honest. So what you want to notice is really just how you can track your temperature and understand, oh, you know what? I'm ovulating because my temperature has decreased a little bit or my temperature has increased a bit. The moment your temperature is increased is when you are ovulating and that is when you want to be as like protective as possible. Sometimes, depending on who the person is, there may be a drop in your basal body temperature and then a sudden increase. So you kind of have to notice the temperature and I would say monitor it for at least two months and see if there's that pattern. But that increase is really going to be the indication of you ovulating. Mm-hmm. That is really good. And yeah, I think whether you're already cycle syncing or you're getting off birth control and you're wanting to kind of get more in sync with your cycle, especially as a contraceptive method, is definitely give yourself a solid like three months or so to just like get in sync with those different waves. But I definitely think like once you start to actually really, really listen to your body and those small changes and, you know, use all the methods that Barry's shared. And I think also like giving a buffer, as you mentioned, 
I kind of like to do like, especially when I'm ovulating, I like to give a buffer outside of when Clue says that I'm actually, you know, fertile. I like to give a little bit of buffer. And then also kind of the same thing when it comes to like actually getting into that restful stage. I like to give myself a little bit of a buffer just in case my period's like one day earlier, one day later. So I'm resting, you know, I'm giving myself that time to rest a little bit in that, you know, my PMS phase, but also in the period stage too. So I think that's kind of something you already hinted on, which I think is really helpful. Yeah. I feel like I got really redundant, but like you guys, that's how simple this is. Like once you get into the rhythm of everything, you start to notice, oh, you know what? My body is actually on a natural clock that I've been ignoring for like no good reason. Mm -hmm. Just listen to that natural rhythm. And I also want to mention that rhythms are not always going to be routine and that's okay especially when it comes to your body, you have to know when to give and when to receive. And your body teaches you that naturally because we have these moments of internal focus, external focus, Mm -hmm. internal focus, external focus. So just kind of remember that. Yes. So incredibly helpful there because I know when I started cycle syncing, like if my period was off like two days, I was like, oh my gosh, what is going on? But I slowly started to realize that I could kind of notice those things, whether I was grumpier a little later or a little earlier in my PMS phase and all those types of things. So yeah, really tuning in and yeah, and just to educate yourself. I think it's very fun and empowering to really learn about all these processes and also to pass that along to the people that are in your direct life, whether it's parents or your partner or your friends or your roommates, because that really is like a whole other type of communication where it's like, I know my partner knows, you know, whenever I'm in my PMS stage or for my period, like he encourages me to rest. And we also know when we need to be more careful and when we need to check the app and all those different types of things. So um, it kind of is like a whole different language once you kind of like empower yourself to really understand all those ebbs and flows in your body. For sure. And it always makes me think of the song like Body Language by like Jesse McCartney. <laughs> and then also the new song by like Meg the Stallion, where it's like yes. yada yada yada. Like <laughs> you guys don't even understand. Like I feel like those songs were made for me because like right. body literacy is so empowering. Like if you don't know your body now, but you learn your body and then you can have an articulate discussion with your doctor about what's going on with you, it just takes things to like a whole new level for you because you're educated and empowered to make the best decisions for you and your body. And I think when you feel that good about yourself, other people begin to feel that from you. And then it's like, oh, I can be a little bit more confident. Like, oh, you know what? Like I'm ovulating today. Like, let me flex a little bit. Like you... It's, it sounds so silly, but I think the moment that I started practicing cycle syncing was like the moment my life changed. And the moment I started teaching other people it, it was like, sis, get into it. Like, let's go. It's so awesome. Yes, I completely agree. I feel like I'm always like, I could just like rave on and on about it. And I think it's even like having conversations with my mom. Like she's like, I wish I would have known about it. So I could have shared it with you. You know, like it's definitely something that's new and 
and that there's a lot of like understanding to be done, but it's a beautiful language. Definitely get into it. And I just want to end off on the last question that we had, and we're going to, you know, not answer this biasly, you know, we're going to do it with the science. I know Barry's going to handle it that way, but we had two questions. Someone's like tips, recycle sinking. If I'm on an IUD or if I'm on birth control, like the pill or the shot or anything like that. So let us, let us know about that. (laughs) (laughs) Let me get some back right really quick. Hold on. Okay, friends. So if you are on hormonal birth control, there is no way for you to cycle sync. I know clutch your pearls. That does not feel good to hear. But again, when you are in hormonal birth control, it actually stops the communication between your brain and your ovaries. If you are not ovulating, you are not menstruating. So there is not the ability for you to cycle sync. Now, I know there's some of you out there who are on a copper IUD who will say, well, that's a natural contraception method and you are not wrong. With that being said, you do have the ability to sink in with your cycle through tracking your basal body temperature, your cervical mucus, as well as your cervix placement because it is a natural contraception method. But for those of y'all on the hormonal birth control tip, it's just not happening. That's it. Yeah, exactly. And I think when you kind of were talking about some tips for getting off the pill is like, you're going to implement things as if you aren't on the pill, but like there isn't actual cycle syncing going on. Like you're just kind of getting into the practice of like understanding how to nurture your body when things should be happening for when you get off the pill. Correct? Correct. And another thing I'll note is I'm sure somebody's going to bring this up. Well, I still have my period when I am on birth control. Mm-hmm. No, you don't. <laughs> it's, it's literally a fake bleed. It's called a withdrawal bleed. And essentially what's happening is there are so many synthetic hormones in your body that is tricking your body to think and act in a normal way. It's not normal. That's not a real bleed. You have higher levels of progestin in you. So it's a synthetic form of progesterone. There could be higher levels of estrogen in there. These synthetic hormones trick your body into thinking it's like pregnant when it's not, but also your body doesn't always process and metabolize the synthetic forms of the hormones the same way as it would a natural hormone. So these are things to just be mindful of. No one is coming for you. I promise. (laughs) I love you, but someone has to tell you. Yes. So like, it's going to be me. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And I think we gave so many great tips. Thank you for everyone for submitting your questions for this part two episode. And thank you, Barry, for sharing all your amazing wisdom. Give us all the details on where people can connect with you, where they can learn about your podcast, your courses, all your resources, and leave all the links. Oh my goodness. Okay. So the best place to come hang out with me is actually Instagram. Like I feel like I'm really hype on Instagram. So (laughs) at Varyon Elberry is where you can find me personally. My course suite, The Flow Academy, is at The Flow Academy. You can head to varyonelberry.com to get more of me. If you want to work with me personally, you can do that. Um, If you want to get really in tune with your body and just be literate in your body, you can go to theflowacademy.com and you will have access to my three signature courses. 
also something else that Natasha told me to do that y'all don't know about, like you kind of are hearing about it, but Natasha, do you remember like a few months ago where you told me to like create these little packages to help people through each phase? Oh my gosh. Yes. I'm literally finally doing that. So you'll, you guys will be able to, <laughs> you guys will finally be able to get access to that pretty soon. Actually, by the time this episode comes out, I'm pretty sure it'll be available. Yes. Um, and yeah, you can come hang out with me on my podcast, Flow with Barry on Barry. And that's really it, friends. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. And we will see you probably next time. I see a part three coming. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm so excited. Thank you so much to today's expert guest for joining us. If you want to connect with today's guests or check out any of the important links mentioned in the show, I've linked the details in today's show notes. Join the conversation at hashtag the shine online podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave us a rating. If you love what you've heard today, we really appreciate it. And it helps support our show. Remember, regardless of where you're at in your entrepreneurship journey, there's always room for your biz to shine. I'll see you next time.